0: So I want to start out by reading the first verse of a song called Halloween by Walker Hayes. It says, before I even learned to play a note, I was on stage, mastering the art of selling myself at a young age. Fear and insecurity drove me like a Maserati. High school was like showing up to a costume party. I was a comedian, an athlete, a golden boy, a black sheep. Whatever I had to be to make the world throw candy at me. And college was the same act, different play. It was October 31st every day. And the real world was an all too familiar street. Another trick, another treat. You know, when I first heard that song about five years ago, um, I I connected on kind of this unexpected level because, because it perfectly described... Like so many of my own tendencies and struggles with perception and image and success and achievement, and and, and it really kind of like spoke to me, and um, I kind of became this fan and been following kind of ever since. But really, like that song, especially this time of year. You know, we live in this culture where uh, we use affirmation as currency, right? Like 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 we we use that as. Currency And that's always been the case, but with social media, worth is quantified like never before, often in the form of, of likes, right? And that's the affirmation. And we live in this time where we're not only um, do likes equal esteem, but they equal money too. And so we have so many people inundated in this culture who are chasing affirmation. It's sort of like the sketch that a friend shared with me. This past week, there's two women um, who, who seem to be maybe on Instagram and they're both looking at their likes and one has four likes and one has over 13,000, but they're both thinking the same thing. I wish I had more likes and it, it's certainly not limited to social media, but, but we can feel like no matter what, like, like no matter how much we do or achieve or try that we just don't measure up, that, that we would like a little More and and that's a lie. Like, Like that's a trick and it's worth debunking. And I'm I'm not sure if there's a better series to be wrapping up on October 31st than one called True Identity. Right? Like on a day when many folks mask who they really are in an attempt to appear as someone or something different, I want to encourage you for just the next few minutes to kind of set those tendencies beside, right? And just kind of lean in. You know, over the past five weeks, we've examined who God has created us to be while debunking some of the lies that we buy into, some of the lies that the enemy tries to sell us that that often distract or trip us up, right? Specific lies about our worth and about who we are, and we've talked about how each and every person, regardless of past decisions or failure, or history, is wanted and valuable. That was week one and two that you are wanted and valuable in the eyes of God. How each person who calls on the name of Jesus, regardless of anxiety or past pain, regardless of, of ability or apathetic shame, is secure and competent. That, that, that's the way that God sees you, and in Him you can be secure and, and rest in your abilities. And then last week, last week, we talked about how even in the midst of our brokenness and guilt, that God's amazing grace is enough, that, that, that grace covers our guilt, and that, that what the enemy drags through the mud and deems ugly is made whole and beautiful through the shared righteousness we have in Christ, that that God sees you as beautiful. And then today, today we're going to talk about how each and every person is called. Let me ask, um, do you struggle with returning calls or maybe returning texts? Like, I'll admit, I sometimes drop the ball, and, and it's usually because I'll, I'll receive a text or I'll get a call right in the middle of doing something, and I'll see it, and I have in the best intentions to get back to that person, but then, lo and behold, I'll get busy, and I'll drop the ball, and I'll, I'll miss it. I, I, won't, I won't return the call. I won't always return the text. Now, I don't mean to do that. If I've ever done that to you, I apologize, but, but yeah, sometimes I forget. Sometimes I miss the mark and I don't return the call. And then, and then you have that super awkward moment. You've been there, right? Where maybe uh, the next time you go to text that person, you see what they last wrote and you're like, oh. Or worse, like you see them in person and then it all hits you and you're like, oh, this is so cringy, right? But, but for just a moment, like let's, let's type a mile in the sender's shoes, right? Like if you've ever been left on red, meaning you sent a message and you didn't get a reply, you know how aggravating that can be. You, you know how disrespectful that can feel. Even if you're believing the best about the person, if you send a message and you don't get a reply, then you know how, how frustrating that is. And the immediate question that comes to mind is, is well, well, did they get it? Did they get it, right? And and sometimes you even follow up with that text. Like, hey, I sent a message. Did you get it? And I believe that sometimes that might be the question that God is asking. Like, like I sent the message. Did you get it? You know, John chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was. Was God. In the beginning was the Word. Okay, and the, the Word is Jesus. It continues in verse 14 that the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. One translation says the Word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Okay, so made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so the word, the word is Jesus. The word is Jesus. And what's the word used for? Don't overthink it. A word very simply, it's used to communicate. And Jesus, the word, was used to communicate the vast and wide and deep love of the Father. And and, and he was sent. Did you get it? Did you get it? And so my hope and my prayer today is that you get it. That, that as, as we continue unpacking parts of Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus, that you'll receive the message that was sent and you answer the call of God on your life. That you don't leave God left on red. a, a call that is both universal and unique by nature. That's the beauty of, uh, of like the inclusivity of God's call on people and the exclusivity of, of the, the only way to God is through Jesus. But he sends this out to everyone, this universal call that's also unique, meaning it's a call issued to everyone, but with distinct action for each one. We all have a role to play. But, but if we don't first shed the mask, then it's going to be really hard to hear the call. And so that's my invitation that, that you set that aside and you lean in for just a moment. Because you understand, you, you can't judge the depth of a lake by looking at the ripples on the surface. Right? And it's the same with people that you can't judge the depth of a person's character or calling or capacity without diving deeper and then sifting through all that's settled for so long. And Jesus had this beautiful way of of looking deeper. We see this in his ministry. He had this way of peeling the mask back to see potential, and still today, he has a way of seeing a person's potential, a way of sifting through the imperfections to find the greatness. You know, about a month ago, our family went camping at. Carter Caves. And while we were there, we did some hiking and we went exploring in some of the caves. It's an incredible time. I encourage you to check it out. Be adventurous and go enjoy. But while we were there, we stopped off by this little river and, and we, could, we could pan for minerals and gemstones. And, and so while we were there, we kind of learned a little bit about mining and the mining process. How, how uh, an entire like, ton of dirt, several tons of dirt is moved and sifted through to find just maybe one ounce of gold or just one valuable stone. Because you see, no one goes in looking for the dirt, they go in looking for the gems, they go in looking for worth, and so our kids, they got to pen for some of these precious stones. And it, they each started with what looked like a big plate filled with dirt. But, but as they shook it and the water ran over it, surely by surely, and over time, it, it washed away all the filth when all that was left was, was these brilliant, shiny, radiating gemstones. And in the same way, God sees past our flaws, imperfections, and he sees his son's righteousness and he's looking for potential. He, he, he's looking for the gems. He's looking for gold, right? And he sees that in you when you're in Christ. And like I said, he has this way of sifting through the imperfections to find the greatness, to find value. And then he calls us to that potential. And so, with that in mind, here's the call that I'm talking about that God calls us into a new family. With a new purpose, like God calls us into a new family, into His family, and then He gives us a new purpose to live for. I love how Paul puts it in Ephesians chapter one, verse four and five. It says, "Long before He laid down the earth's foundations, He had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of His love. Think of that! Like long before He He, he created, He He had us in mind. He had you." In mind continues that, that, that he, he made us whole and holy by his love. That long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. You see, he had already, he had already planned a way to redeem you into his family before you ever missed Th- that plan. That plan um, kick-started the purpose that you've been called into so long before he created the earth, he was thinking of you. Yes, you, but not just you, you as in each and every one of you and me too. Like he had a plan in motion for your life and for my life, a purpose for you and all of us. But, but I love that it also says very specifically that we were adopted into his family, that, that you're, not, you're not meant to go at it alone that while your walk with Jesus is personal absolutely it's not meant to be private it's meant to be shared it's less like riding double on a moped just you and Jesus through life and it's more like like scooting over on a parade float right that is filled with family members who are all chasing hard after Jesus you see Christ not only saves you from sin but into a family and through Christ In Christ alone, all of this was made possible. Don't miss that. That through Christ alone, not by your achievements, not by the perception of your perfection, not by the recognition that you receive. No, you're invited into the family of God through Christ alone. And so for just a moment, loosen the straps on your mask. It's okay. Jesus can handle the real you. He's in the business of sifting right? But but like we said, while this is for you, it's not just for you. And so to pick up where we left off last week, listen to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved, right? Through faith. And this is not from yourselves. Again, you can't earn this. It's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Remember, we're all in need of a Savior. We talked about that last week and unpacked it. If you missed it, encourage you to check it out. But but we're all in need of saving, in need of a savior. But there was nothing we could do to save ourselves. And so, by the grace of God, he saved us. He made a way where there was no way. And, And then we weren't just saved from something. We were also saved for something. And verse 10 speaks to that. It says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, I want to look at this word for just a moment. It says we are God's handiwork. The NIV calls this handiwork. The NASB says that we are God's workmanship. And the NLT says that we are God's masterpiece. All right, so think of that. That we collectively as, as the body of Christ, that we are this prized possession of our father in heaven. Don't miss that, that that we, the family of God, the body, the bride, the unified church, followers of Jesus, we are God's most valuable prized possession. We are the radiating brilliance that God sifted for, but not because we're dazzling on our own. No, 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 because God loved the worth into us. Get that that God loved the worth into you. You see, a masterpiece shows off who the master is and what he can do. Like the handiwork is a reflection of the hand that created it. And so God breathed and loved life and worth into us. And Paul goes on to say that now, because of this grace, because of this unifying work in Christ, because we've been called together into this family, he says in verse 19, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. He, he says, you're no longer a foreigner, right? Like you're, you're in the house, like you're in the family. Like that's what has happened here. And then verse 20, you, you've been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. So he's holding all of you together. He's holding all of us together. In verse 21, in him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord, that we collectively are are now like this temple for the Lord. In verse 22, and in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Think of that word for just a moment, this dwelling. That we are being built into this, this dwelling, this home. Re- remember when, when Jesus, when Jesus came from heaven to earth and, and dwelled among us, he moved into the neighborhood. That was his home. And now, now this collective body has become his dwelling place. We'll get to that in just a moment. But but Chip Ingram. In his book, Discover Your True Self, we've recommended this book throughout the series. He writes this. He says, imagine imagine God saying that I created you from the foundation of the world just the way you are. And even though you disobeyed and were separated from me, I have rescued you. He says, so I created you. And, 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 then, and then because of the sin, because of the separation... I built the bridge back. I I rescued you. I authored you like a profound poem, a beautiful work of art. I see your inner qualities through the lens of my son, Jesus, and you are captivating. You're like a tapestry that is being woven with a lot of knots and tangles on the backside, but with amazing colors and shapes on the front. All I notice now is the beauty that is emerging from your life. Like, imagine God saying that. Because this is how God wants you to see your life, the way that he sees you, your true identity. And this isn't like pop psychology or positive self-talk. You are God's masterpiece. That's scripture. That's God-breathed. That's the way he sees you. And you are his masterpiece because you are his. You know, almost 20 years ago, my little sister, who's eight years younger than I am, she was in elementary school, and, and her art class had a clay sculpting project. You, you remember making things out of clay, that, that brown clay in art class? Well, that's what they were doing, and they spent several days and weeks on this assignment, and she decided that she wanted to construct a penguin. And so day after day, she'd get to art class and she would work on this penguin and she would mold it and she'd work on one section and then she'd move to another and then, and then come back and be like, no, I want to get it just right. She had in her mind exactly what it would be. And so she worked on it and she wouldn't be satisfied. Just, she would work on it more and more and she'd do it until it was just right. All right, Because she, she wanted to, 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 to accomplish what all she dreamed and sought out for this little penguin to be and so when she finally finished, this was her masterpiece. This is her penguin. Right? And, and while we, we we may look at that and and like kind of chuckle, be like, "Oh, that, that's this cute," you know, it might even seem a little bit silly to us to a first grade little girl. I mean, this meant the world. This was this was her creation, right? This penguin held so much value. It took so much time and effort and required so much care. But on the bus ride home, the day that, that, that the project was completed, and they were able to take home their creations, she's, she's on her way home and some boys on the bus made fun of her penguin. Right? They, they made fun of her penguin. They insulted something that she valued so much and it broke her heart. This little first grade girl. And I remember later that afternoon pulling into the driveway and my 96 Chevy Blazer and my little sister came running out to me with, with tear-stained cheeks. And I could tell that she was really distraught. She's heartbroken. She's experiencing like some real pain. I don't know what's going on on. And, and then she starts to, to tell me what's going on. She, and, and she brings out, she brings out this penguin right here and she's showing it to me and she's telling me about it. I'm like, oh, that is so cool. I love it. And she's like, but not everybody does. And, and she's telling me that people made fun of her and she was really upset. And then, and then she handed it to me. She said, but I made it for you. I want you to have it. And she gave me this little penguin and listen, needless to say, this penguin holds so much value. Not because it's the greatest sculpted penguin on the planet. It's not. It's not even close. But, but it holds value because of whose it is. Because it's hers. And she shared it with me. And the same is true with you. The same is true with me that Jesus will never stop pursuing That you are valued because you are his, not because you're successful or well-behaved or because you don't cause, not because you're popular or wealthy or you're attractive or athletic or you have a lot of business clout or you're a gifted leader or communicator or whatever, not even because you're generous or because you serve or because you can quote a ton of scriptures. Those are great things, but that is not why Jesus loves you. None of that amounts to anything deserving of God's love. The prophet Isaiah says that even our good deeds are like filthy rags, but he pursues us nonetheless. And again, he calls us into a new family with a new purpose. He loves the worth into you. And the purpose, the commission, it's to pursue him with the same relentless love he has for us. For us to follow him, to love him with an overflowing love that splashes all over those around us. Just listen to part of Paul's prayer for believers like us as he wraps up this section on unity in Ephesians chapter 3 beginning with verse 16. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit and your inner being. So so Paul is praying for people just like us who are striving to follow Jesus. He says, I pray for power for you to do so through the Holy Spirit. In verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now look, this is the third time that this word dwell has shown up. So for just a moment, I wanna, wanna unpack this idea of dwelling here. Because if you'll recall, the description given of Jesus in John chapter one, I want to throw these side by side. It says that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, right? right? And, and then Paul, just a while ago, he, he was writing and he said, hey, like you all, this, this body of believers, you're going to be this dwelling place for the Holy Spirit to live and to move through and impact the world. And then here, he's saying, I'm, I'm praying specifically for you for power through the Holy Spirit so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And we see how, how motivated by the love of God, he's moving closer and closer to us, to live in us so that he can work through us to impact the world around us. You, you, see, you see the word from John 1:1, the word Jesus made his dwelling among us, in order to communicate the love of the Father to us. So think of that. He moved into the neighborhood and now he can love people in person and up close. And, and now, post-resurrection, Jesus has died. He's, he's come back to life and he's gone back to heaven. Now the Holy Spirit has been poured out onto followers of Jesus so that Christ may not just dwell among us, but now dwell within us. I like get this: Christ lives in us so that we may now communicate the love of the Father to the world. Or simply put like this: Jesus dwelt among us to communicate the love of the Father to us. Now Jesus dwells within us to communicate the love of the Father to the world. That's our purpose, that we allow Jesus to live in us and work through us to love the world around us. And Paul is praying that that's just what we'll do, that we'll fulfill that purpose. He continues, he says, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. He says, I pray that you grasp this love of Christ. That's my prayer for followers of Jesus, that you grasp the love of God through Jesus. And why is it so important that we grasp the love of God? Because once you've experienced the love of God, once you've truly grasped it, you can't help but to extend that love to other people. And in the process of extending love, purpose is found. You know, I want to see people the way that God sees them, don't you? Don't, don't you just want to see people with the same reckless abandon to serve them and love them, want the best for them, and truly connect with them for a greater purpose? Like, I want to see people like that. I, I want to sift through the imperfections to find greatness. I want to be a part of God's family and play my part in God's family. And, and while it's not always easy, God's call is never complicated. And so in this final week of this True Identity series, I want to give you four reflection questions to help you determine what you're being called to do. Here's the first one. Have you responded to Jesus calling you to follow him? That's the first question. Have you responded to that call? Jesus made a way where there was no way. He's inviting you into a personal relationship to be your Lord and Savior, the master and rescuer of your life? Have you responded to Jesus calling you to follow him? The second question is this, have you discovered how Jesus can use you to glorify God? You see, we've all been uniquely gifted to to serve and and to propel God's mission here. Have you identified what gifts you have that you can give back to God, discovered how you can use those to glorify him? Then the third question, is this, are you intentionally connected to the family of God? Like, like truly in community, are you connecting with people relationally? Are you leaning in? Are you connecting to the family of God, specifically here at Northeast? Do you have barriers up? Or are you working to, to break those down so that you can connect with the family of God? And then the fourth is this, are you actively reaching, teaching, and serving others? Like, like are you actively Trying to fulfill this purpose? Are you striving to reach and to teach and to serve others, to not just use, use your gifts um, to glorify God, but to also, to also bring good news to other people? Oftentimes those go hand in hand, but we have to be very intentional and specific that we do that again because because our walk, our walk with Jesus, personal, yes, private, not intended to be. And so those are four reflection questions as we wrap up this series because here's the lie like here's here's the trick that whether you believe part of it or all of it you did at one time or maybe you do now here's the lie the enemy would love for you to buy is that that you're not wanted or or that you're not needed that we've got it all covered that, that that your life really has no purpose or meaning or at least no real purpose or meaning That you're just a victim of an unfair, uncaring world that only brings pain. That significance and meaning come from success in life. That that's the only way that you would ever feel fulfilled. And that you will be happy someday when your relationships and career and finances reflect your success and accomplishments. That you just keep chasing the carrot and someday when you get it, then it will all make sense. That's the lie of the enemy because the truth is that your life has an eternal purpose to fulfill, that you have been created, equipped, and called by God in this moment in history to fulfill a unique role in his body that will demonstrate his mercy, love, diversity, and unity to the world. And so as we wrap up, I invite you to pray and ask God to help you hear him and see him at work in you ask for his guidance and seeing the real you and instilling in you a holy ambition to be real and open to growth so what next step is God asking you to take in order to experience your calling because like a text his message has been sent did you get it let's pray father thank you for your relentless love for sifting through our imperfections and calling us to you, for calling us into your family and for calling us to live with purpose. God, it's really easy to like Jesus, but it's so hard becoming like Jesus. And so I pray for perseverance, for mercy and for strength as we press on toward living out our faith in tangible ways. Father, shield us from the lies and tricks of the enemy. May we, may we shed our masks in order to grasp your love, and then when we take up our place in sharing that love with others, God, may our true identity be found in whose we are, not what we've done. And in the words of the Apostle Paul, Father, give us the power and ability to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. In all this, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.